It's obviously just the Warriors left. I love it. Just being with the Warriors. So thanks for hanging in here. Week number eight of Summit. My name is Bobby Crotty. I had the privilege of uh, leading this motley crew. Okay? And most of the time, I'm smart enough not to get up here myself. Okay? Because we've got a hundred better guys uh, to be up here speaking to you. And we've seen it uh, throughout this time. Uh, but... Um, I've got a reason for being up here this week, and I want to start by recognizing those who have served us throughout uh, these eight weeks of Summit, and it's only appropriate that we start with uh, my, uh, my Summit coordinator back there who's not paying attention and walking around like I'm not going to talk about her. Ms. Kendall Ellison is finishing up her first Summit. She is the one who makes Summit run. And so if there's anything good about Summit, Kendall's responsible for that. If there's anything bad, that's my fault. Okay? So, uh, Kendall, thank you. Um, You've done a great job, and we, as a bunch of guys, are grateful. Uh, Ryan Stafford's not here today, I don't think, but uh, he and his bear, man, merry band of... Uh, uh, greeters and uh, the guys at the welcome desk. We're grateful for all of those guys. Yeah, they're worth clapping for. And, uh, you know, the parking team has made it through rain, and now they're out there in the cold. Briggs Gladden leads that team. He's a former Navy SEAL. He'd never tell you that. But uh, um, when we say parking warriors, we mean parking warriors, okay? <laughs> grateful for those guys. And back in the back here, we've got our AV Brain Trust. Uh, those guys uh, um, make you able to hear. Uh, they uh, uh, are the ones who are definitely the brain trust of all the technology around here. So, guys, we're grateful for you. And what would we do without uh, Ginger and the coffee shop crew? I see all the coffee cups in here. Uh, they are the ones who fuel us. And then, maybe most importantly, uh, um, are our small group leaders. If you're a small group leader, raise your hand. I love you guys. Um, I'm grateful for you. And it's only fitting to mention a couple of our small group leaders who have passed away this year. Uh, D. Elliott and Bobby Gilpin. You've seen both of those guys um, driving around here in scooters as uh, Dee uh, battled ALS. And Bobby um, ultimately uh, was dealing uh, after a massive stroke with cancer and other things going on. And those guys from their scooters uh, left more of a legacy than I'll ever leave on my two good legs. Amen. Grateful for those guys and how... Uh, they've made leaving a legacy look easy and how they've done it uh, um, when they felt good and when they didn't feel so good. And then finally, I want to thank each of you guys for being here. You know, you guys have been getting up at Odark 30 to uh, be here every Thursday and to be a part of this time. And so I want you to give yourselves a, a round of applause because I applaud you. Okay, so what did I just do? Well, I did exactly the same thing that Paul's doing in Romans 16. 
You know, I just did the same thing that Paul is doing in this great chapter. Okay, he is recognizing and greeting people who uh, were important to him. And so, guys, this is definitely not one of those blah, blah, blah chapters of the Bible that you can just skip over. Okay, you might be tempted to do it. Uh, but here's what a couple of guys who have devoted their lives to studying the Bible say about Romans 16. Uh, John Stott calls Romans 16 one of the most instructive chapters in the New Testament. How about that? And he goes on to note that it is filled with truths to ponder and lessons to learn. And Dr. Constable, I know many of you guys use his notes that are available for free on the internet. He says the 16th chapter of Romans is neglected by many to their own loss. So don't miss out on Romans 16. And you know, uh, as I said, there are a hundred guys who could do a better job in talking about Romans 16, but there's nobody um, on our staff that loves Romans 16 more than I do. And why? Because it's all about leaving a legacy. Leaving a legacy in the lives of the, Paul, uh, of the people that Paul was investing in and in the people of the church at Rome. You remember Scott's, uh, Scott Kadersh's point last week? His first point was to build up uh, others. And guys, that's how we leave a legacy, by building up others. Rick Warren puts it well. He says, the way you store up treasure in heaven, and who doesn't want to do that? The way you store up treasure in heaven is by investing in getting people there. And so, who benefits from this building up, from this leaving of a legacy? Well, the short answer is everyone. The church is built up. The one that you're investing your life in is built up. And guys, as you invest your life in others, you are the biggest beneficiary of what you're doing. You know, um, I have a friend who talks about the transforming power of a caring community. And that's what you're doing uh, as you leave a legacy in others, as you invest your life in others. And so uh, here you see the uh, people that are listed in this chap chapter. There are 26 individuals. There are a bunch of groups, house churches, families, brothers, saints. Um, at least nine women are named, and they are prominently mentioned. Um, and then finally, Paul mentions his own guys. And, you know, I think the whole chapter underscores that Paul lives in community, he writes in community, and he writes to community. Community was a mark of the early church. And you live a legacy when you live in community. And so to summarize Romans 16 today, we're going to focus on Paul's words, and then his warning, and then finally his wrap-up. So let's dive in. Look at these words. These are just snippets uh, from um, the first 15 uh, verses. Okay, so none of us are going to be our sister, except you, Kendall. Um, servant, patron, fellow workers. How about the ones that risk their necks for Paul's life? 
my beloved first, conv first convert, uh, folks who worked hard, kinsmen, fellow prisoners, people who were well known to the uh, apostles, people who were in Christ before uh, Paul was. How would you like it to be said about you that you were approved in Christ? Workers in the Lord, chosen in the Lord, um, someone who um, was a mother but also served as a mother to Paul, took care of Paul, brothers, saints. Man, words matter, and especially words of affirmation. Each name in that list, each one of those names represents a, a unique story, just like each of the faces I see sitting here represents a unique story. And you know, guys, that's one of the things I get to do. As the uh, um, minister to men here, I had the privilege of meeting with a bunch of guys. And one of my favorite things to do is to hear your story because it's unique, because God's at work in it, and because uh, uh, it gives me the privilege of seeing a glimpse of what God is uh, building in you. And so each of us has a unique story as God grows us to be the men that he designed us to be. And you know, that's really the fun of Summit as well, getting a glimpse of who God created you to be and a chance to encourage each of us to be that guy in every area of our lives. And so you can see from this list of words that Paul puts a premium on relationship. He puts a premium on building up the body. And frankly, he also puts a premium on hard work. You know, we ought to work hard in investing our lives in others. Why? Because it's worth it. And so ask yourself uh, and ask in your groups, so which of these descriptive phrases would you like to have applied to you? And how can you go about doing that? How can you uh, start building up others and leaving a legacy that will uh, entitle you to merit uh, some of these phrases that Paul uses? So Paul's words build up, and they play a big role in leaving a legacy. But in part of leaving a legacy is also being willing to warn each other. And so let's look at uh, Romans 16, verses uh, 17 through 19. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but only their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the saints, of the naive, I'm sorry. For your obedience is known to all. Man, if I could have one thing that would mark me, I think it's that. I would like the Lord to say, hey, you have been obedient. Just like uh, our buddies uh, D. Elliott and Bobby Gilpin heard, I know that they heard, well done, good and faithful servant. For your obedience is known to all so that I rejoice over you, but I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. And so part of Paul's legacy is that he warns his friends. And uh, on the next slide you see um, his warning is to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles. Um, he tells them, hey, look at what Scripture says and see what uh, uh, guys are telling you and whether it lines up with that. 
Watch out for guys who are telling you things that don't line up with Scripture. And then he counsels the Romans to avoid them or to withdraw. You know, sometimes, guys, we need to apply uh, a little tennis shoe theology, okay, where we beat feet out of there and we get away from guys that are going to lead us uh, down the wrong path. And then finally, he closes with the admonition to be wise about what is good and innocent uh, to what's evil. And so here are three tests for you that are biblical, they're Christ-centered, and they promote doing the right thing. And so first, you need to ask yourself when you've got some uh, questionable thing, uh, does it agree with Scripture? Has Scripture spoken uh, to that particular thing? And then next, does it glorify Christ? Does it make him more famous? Or does it make you more famous? Or does it make something else more famous? And if it's not making Christ more famous, then withdraw. And finally, does it promote goodness? In other words, is it the right thing to do? Is it the right thing to do? And um, as we wrap up, we can't skip over verse uh, 20. You know, it's another one of those things that uh, you just go, all right, you know, yes, Paul always says that. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. You know, guys, this is his autograph on the book. This is the way he authenticates that this message is from him because he did it in every one of his 13 letters. It's something that he uh, probably wrote in his own hand. And so in each of Paul's 13 letters in the New Testament, the word grace occurs. And you know what grace is. It is God's unmerited favor that he freely gives to us. And even better, he gives us the opportunity to extend it to others. And so the secret to leaving a legacy is the grace of the Lord. We're the recipients of it. We live in light of it. And we leave a legacy by extending it to others. Grace is the way we leave a legacy. And so Paul wraps up his letters. My third point is Paul's wrap-up. Uh, and you can see how Paul begins in chapter 1, the things that he talks about in the first five verses. And you compare that with what he talks about at, right here at the end of uh, chapter 16. And you can see how those things parallel each other. He talks about the gospel. He reminds us that it's tied to what's been revealed in the Holy Scripture. He reminds us that it's the power of God for salvation. Remember way back in the first couple of weeks, we talked about the theme verses of uh, um, the book of Romans, Romans 1, 16 and 17, how salvation is the power of God for salvation. And then look, Here's grace in action. It's available to all the nations. There is nobody who's beyond the reach of grace. And then finally, it produces the obedience of faith. And he begins in uh, uh, verse 5 of chapter 1, talking about the obedience of faith. And he ends in uh, verse 26 of uh, Romans 16, uh, talking about the obedience of faith. And that little bookend sort of device underscores for us that, hey, this is one of Paul's big themes for the book of Romans. 
And so I want to wrap up by introducing you to somebody who's doing something about leaving a legacy. So come on up here, Mark. This is my friend, uh, Mark Delatore. He's a summit leader who simply saw a need. And uh, he's up here as a representative of a bunch of guys uh, that are leaving a legacy. And so uh, I want to ask Mark about what was the need that he saw, what did he do about that need, and then what's happened as a result of that. So, Mark, what sort of need did you see? So to, to Bobby's point, uh, it definitely wasn't just me. It was a couple of guys. And um, I work in the real estate industry here in Dallas, like maybe half of you do. Um, and uh, one guy in particular, Ben Davis, who's like a brother to me, uh, fellow real estate worker, we had multiple conversations of how so much of the industry is a quick transactional business where the conversations are about the weather and college football and about that current deal and there's not much more. And so it was really a desire uh, of ours to be able to invest in people around us that we saw and cross paths with all the time uh, in deeper conversations to seek truth together. They were guys that we, we cared about and we were already spending time with and uh, wanted that opportunity. And um, it, it also came for this group, it, it came selfishly of time is a incredibly scarce resource and Ben just had his first kid and his time's even more scarce and it, it was, uh, we're meeting with all these guys one off or just running across them and a way to kind of get everyone together and bounce ideas off each other and that was uh, really the, the genesis of the group was um, wanting a platform and a, just uh, a place to be able to do that and Summit was perfect for that. And so what did you do? Well, since we're going through Romans and Ben and I are not theologians, we prayed <laughs> a lot about it on the front end. And, hey, start with prayer, boys. There you go. And You heard uh, it here first. <laughs> and, and that's not a joke. We, we, we definitely wanted to pray a lot about it. And then the, the next problem that we had, which was a great problem, was that there were so many different guys that we wanted to invite. Um, and so many different friends, and, and again, it just, that, that was not the issue, but we wanted it to be a really special, uh, intimate place where we could actually dive into a good conversation and not have uh, 40 people just sitting around and, and not having the ability to contribute. So it was really just guys that Ben and I, we put a list together, um, a, bunch of the, a bunch of the guys in our group, we, we both knew, a bunch, only one of us knew, but just individually started calling people and reaching out and inviting the group and said what we were doing and we got a bunch of no's and a bunch of yeses and had a phenomenal group in the spring. So it started in the spring uh, and has the same group has rolled through to the fall. Okay, and uh, um, when the spring was done, you didn't stop there, did you? Yeah, so we, given the fact <coughs> that the summit's only 16 weeks of the year and we, we had such a great time in the spring, we didn't want to completely lose that. Um, but the, we knew we weren't going to be meeting weekly and uh, it gets in the summertime and people are traveling. And so what we were able to do was put something together that we dubbed the Summit Summer Series, which was really just uh, once a month. Uh, we had a meeting and invited an a older gentleman in real estate that um, could come and speak to the group. And 
because of that and because of that format, we, we were able to open it up to a much larger group. And so we had about, we probably had about 40, 50 guys on the list um, that, that we reached out to for the, for the summer events. And um, we were able to have that and have amazing time and um, have some leaders in our industry come in um, that are believers and um, some that are Watermark members specifically, uh, but come in and speak to the group about real estate as we haven't shied away that it's specifically a, a real estate group and we, we run in this circle, but also to talk about Jesus and uh, had an amazing summertime. And because of that, now that the group had expanded so much, uh, we started a second group in the fall with uh, two of our super, super close friends, Travis and Karch that, that led that group and, and uh, raised a second group that's going through now. So guys, a little prayer a little initiative, thinking about, hey, who are the guys in my life that I'd like to get beneath the surface with? And then just taking the initiative to invite them uh, to come be a part of this. And I love the creativity to say, hey, it's a long time between spring and fall, so let's just keep going. And I know there are a bunch of summit groups out there that do keep going. And so I would encourage you to do that. Um, it's a great way to uh, have an outreach to leave a legacy, to build up others uh, by doing that. Um, put up my last slide, if you would, guys. Uh, and I just want to close with this. I want to ask you, who is your legacy? You know, presidents talk about their legacies uh, uh, in terms of some accomplishment. But for us, as believers in Christ, our legacy is people. That's who we um, leave as a legacy. So who are you inviting um, to come be a part of your life? Who are you investing your life in? And here's some things that y'all can talk about uh, um, in your groups. What steps can you take between now and the time that we start up? And uh, we're going to do something a little different next year in Summit. It's going to be really fun. Uh, it's something we've not done in uh, uh, a number of years. So I'm going to leave you with that little teaser um, we're uh, going to actually start a little bit later. We'll start on March the 7th. So you guys get January and February off, and it's a perfect time for your group to keep going or to be intentional to, as uh, Mark's group uh, has done in inviting guys to come be a part of um, what you're doing. Leave a legacy. You can do that in your words. You can be willing to warn other guys and uh, um, the obedience of faith that you can build by the way you invest your lives uh, will make a difference. So Mark, why don't you close us in a word of prayer? And I'd say to you guys, happy Thanksgiving. And uh, um, we're grateful for the way you have been faithful to be a part of this. Close us in prayer, buddy. God, thank you for this time. And thank you for Bobby and the legacy that he's leaving and uh, just through the amount of time and his resources that he's pouring in, into all of us here. Uh, I pray that we would uh, humbly accept the call uh, to be just mighty men of God. Um, and, I, and I pray that we would do that humbly. I pray that I would do that humbly. I pray that as we, as we leave this large group and go into our final small group of this fall, fall session, that uh, we would continue to be able to encourage each other to, to follow after you first and foremost, that we would sacrificially throw away uh, the things that we're holding on to, but that we can, um, we can 
because of our love for Christ that we can strive to have these words that were up on the screen said about us as we look to make your name great and nothing of ours. So I, God, I thank you for this. I thank you for this time. I thank you for these men uh, and all this in Jesus' name. I pray, amen.